What if, instead of trying to fix the problems in your life, you decided that you wanted to do something different? What if you wanted to be miserable? How would you go about it? And what would you learn about yourself? This counterintuitive approach to how to feel happy can actually point you in the direction of a life of contentment. Hi, welcome to Your Great Journey. Each week, we offer you brief tips, techniques, and insights to help you move in positive directions and master big change. For more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Your Great Journey is brought to you by audiobook publisher Wetware Media. Wetware Media publishes a wide variety of personal transformation audiobooks available from any major online audiobook retailer. For more information, please visit wetwaremedia.com. That's W-E-T-W-A-R-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Today, we have a conversation with psychologist Dr. Randy Patterson about his audiobook, How to Be Miserable, 40 Strategies You Already Use. In How to Be Miserable, Dr. Patterson outlines 40 specific behaviors and habits which, if followed, are sure to lead to a lifetime of unhappiness. On the other hand, if you do the opposite, you have an effective way to increase your happiness. In this episode, Dr. Patterson talks about his new audiobook and the power of flipping the question and asking, If I wanted to, how would I make myself miserable? He shares tips and exercises to identify the ways you may already be sabotaging your well-being, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially, as well as ways to break out of old, unhealthy patterns. Surprisingly, gaining insight into how to feel happy can be found in this unusual technique. My name is Randy Patterson, and I'm a psychologist in Vancouver, Canada. In the early 1990s, I had a job with the University of British Columbia Hospital. The function of that was to prevent people who had been hospitalized and discharged from inpatient care for clinical depression from getting re-hospitalized. Our re-hospitalization rate within six months was about one-third of people. And by providing them with some basic self-management skills, we could actually reduce that. And it turned out that we reduced it to about 8% or so, which is an improvement. Not perfect, but an improvement. The problem with it was that a lot of these people had been in hospital before. They had been through all kinds of treatments. And if we just did a kind of raw, raw cognitive behavior therapy is so wonderful thing, it just wouldn't work very well. And so instead, we had a group therapy exercise where we would ask, well, what would happen if you decided that you wanted to feel worse? What is it that you would do? And people would find that a very strange exercise, but ultimately would go through it and realized that they would do much of what they were already doing. And that seems to be a common finding. If people really examine their lives, sometimes the emotional difficulties that they're experiencing become a little bit less mysterious. Out of that came the book, How to Be Miserable. And from that comes the audio book. But this book is designed not for that seriously depressed population, but for the general population, 
for all of us. I always think that it's a good idea to explore the, the roads in your life or in your mind that you haven't traveled very much. All your life, in almost all areas, virtually every decision that you've made has been at some level about how to feel better. I'll have this on the menu because I think I'll like it. I'll marry this person because I think that'll be nice. I will own this house. I will walk this way on my walk today. All in order to manipulate how I will feel in the future. And the strange thing is, a huge number of us just aren't very satisfied with it. We feel like, well, I should be happier than I am. We spent all of our lives doing that, and yet what we may not have done is something that's a little counterintuitive. Ask yourself, what would I do if it was my agenda not to feel better, but to feel worse? Now, at some level, it sounds stupid. Why would you do that? It's not your goal to feel worse. Well, if you do it, you can find the road into unhappiness fairly easily. And the nice thing about it is that it's a two-way path. It's the same road. There's a place in the country that I go to, and I'm always looking for this path up a particular little hill. And I always find it very difficult to find. And yet, when I'm halfway up that hill, and I turn around and I look down the hill, I can see the path. It's as plain as day. Sometimes that's the easier path to find. I find that this is a really helpful exercise for a lot of people to go through to ask, well, what if I wanted to feel worse? What would I do? One of the topics of the book has to do with these comfort zones. A lot of people really, you know, why, why, why are they going to purchase this audiobook? It's to find comfort and to really feel comfortable. And a lot of people really don't like the discomfort in their lives and are fleeing from it. The problem is that there's a bit of a paradox there. The more time that we spend within our personal zone of comfort, the smaller it gets. The metaphor that I always use is that garbage room in Star Wars where the walls get smaller and smaller and smaller. The more time you spend trying to be comfortable, the less comfortable you are. You know, initially you feel comfortable at home, and then it's well, maybe only certain rooms in your home, and then maybe only your bedroom, and maybe only when you're sitting on the bed and, you know, in a certain position. <laughs> Ultimately, the comfort zone gets smaller and smaller. The only way to expand our comfort zone is by leaving it. If we leave it to the zone of extreme discomfort, which is, of course, what many of us think of, oh, I'm not very comfortable public speaking, I should stand up in front of a crowd of 10,000. Well, that's probably beyond you. But what you may need to do is to enter your zone of mild discomfort. And if you do that, the mildly uncomfortable thing, like going to your community center, visiting a social club of some kind, taking up bowling, whatever it might be, initially is uncomfortable, but with repetition, it becomes comfortable. Your comfort zone expands. And your zone of extreme discomfort also begins to shrink, even though you haven't actually done any of those things. Those things that were absolutely unimaginable become kind of uncomfortable to think about, but not completely unimaginable. And at that point, they're, they're your, your zone of mild discomfort. You can contemplate doing them and further expanding your comfort zone. So it's a weird idea, but the way to get more comfortable with your life 
is to become more uncomfortable, to do those things that make you a little more uncomfortable. One of the slogans for this is every day do something that you fear. The only bit that I would add to that is something you fear a little. I think that if you wanted to become a little bit less miserable today, right now, there is something that they can do in 20 minutes. So take out a pen and a piece of paper, look at the clock, how late is it going to be 20 minutes from now, and then sit down and ask yourself that weird and counterintuitive question. What if I wanted to make myself feel worse? What would I do? And see if you can wedge your mind out, expand your mind, and really get a sense of what might I do. Allow yourself to think very broadly, and what you will often experience is a sense of blankness. It's like, I don't know. I can't think of anything. And then something will come. And then something else will come. And then the tap will begin to flow. And often you'll find yourself coming up with idea after idea so quickly that you have a hard time actually writing them down. And you'll find that you've come up with some ideas that you just genuinely don't do. Maybe you're not a fan of sad movies, and one of your ideas is that you'd watch sad movies all day long. But once you've finished your list, go back and make a checklist of which are the things that you already do. You see, when you feel bad, that changes your motivational structure. What you're motivated to do when you're feeling sad is usually precisely that which will make you even sadder. So when people become depressed, more extreme version, they're motivated to avoid exercise, not sleep very well, not eat, avoid other people, isolate, and so on. So what they do is almost precisely that which magnifies the problem. In order to overcome depression, the strategy is to do what feels a bit unnatural, which is to work against that. And when we're feeling sad, not clinically depressed, much the same is true. So that 20-minute exercise may be something that a person has never done before. You may never have done that in your entire life. But for that very reason, it's probably a very rich exercise for a person to do. One of the concepts in the book that I I really dwell on is the idea being that we should always be striving to improve ourselves and get better and deal with our flaws and that kind of thing. And to some extent, this can be a very useful thing, but it can also bring with it a problem. And that is that our behavior convinces a little part of our brain that there's something seriously the matter with us. We begin to see ourselves as faulty. And subtly, without really looking at it, we think that the goal is to become a person who has dealt with all of their baggage, who has no difficulties. That person does not exist, and they never will. We will never be free of all of our anxiety or our sadness or our anger. We can get rid of some of it, but we can't get rid of all of it. To the great extent that we are trying to become flawless, we may be making ourselves more miserable. What we need to do is embrace our own imperfection 
recognize that I will always be a work in progress and allow ourselves to be faulty, sad, bored, anxious, to be miserable at times and not to struggle quite so much with it. Thanks for listening to this conversation with Dr. Randy Patterson, author of the audiobook How to Be Miserable, 40 Strategies You Already Use. You can purchase the complete audiobook from any major online audiobook retailer. If you'd like more information, please visit yourgreatjourney.com. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you like the show, please rate and review it. And please share it with friends who might also enjoy the show. Have a great week.